Good evening. Welcome to this week's episode of the Let's Talk About Sports podcast. We will start the show with discussing Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott stepping down, effective in June. Uh, it's about time. Like the Pac-12 has had a lot of problems this year. I mean, you've seen all the different you know topics on Twitter. People talking about it as well. Like you think about it, they had teams left and right that were supposed to join and make the conference bigger, but that didn't happen. They had teams that they could have been added, but like I said, other teams that they were going to, that wanted to come in didn't come in. They had a big problem this year, how they dealt with football and how they did everything with that. You know, games getting canceled left and right. The way it was structured was awful. Uh, it took months and months to make a decision when everyone else seemed to act with much more urgency. And the Pac-12 product far as like production and everything isn't as good as it should be considering the level of teams that they have in the conference and the level far as the money. Because out of all the Power 5 schools, arguably the Pac-5 has to be the richest. You got Cal, Oregon, uh, Stanford, like these teams got money and for them to keep putting out a, a underdeveloped product in comparison to like the SEC or ACC network. Yeah, he should step down. Let me put it this way. Stanford has by far the most national titles as an entire athletic program of any other school in the country. And the Pac-12 has by far the most national titles as a conference. There is no excuse for them to be as lousy as they've been the past three, four, five years in football and basketball. They have half the good teams in softball. The SEC has the other half. Yeah. They got all the good water polo teams, half the good golf teams, half the good tennis teams. I mean, we can go down the list of all the sports that people don't watch that often. So th there's no reason why they shouldn't be following suit with football and basketball. Now, obviously, SEC has football, but it's more than attainable for them to be the second or third best conference in football. Right now, yeah. it's clear it's clear that the Big Ten has basketball. The, SEC, the ACC has fallen off, which is a great yeah. opportunity for the Pac-12 to step it up and get really good at basketball. I mean, you got all the recruits in Cali, Seattle, Vegas, you got so much talent in your backyard, and you got guys like uh, Nolan. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Hickman, I think it's Hickman. Hickman from yeah, Hickman. Hick Hickman. He went to the UK. Going all the way across the country to UK. You're telling me, in, or you can, you're telling me, Oregon couldn't land him. ASU Washington couldn't Center. land him. Come on, Washington started the season 0 and 11. They ain't landing I'm no four five star recruit. Hey, I mean, <laughs> hey, you never know. Some guys want to stay home. They're Hey, they're a bad team, but I'm saying some guys want to stay home. I'm just throwing it out there. Not saying he should, but I'm. They were recruiting hey. Paulo Blanchero so hard. There ain't no way in hell that he's going uh, to. I'm trying to think. He's probably going to end up walking to Duke. That's a number four prospect of 2021, right in your backyard. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Utah has a decent program thus far. They're not great, but decent program. In football and basketball, they're horrible. They're that bad this year. I know they had a, a pretty good start last year. I mean, last year's team was obviously 
completely. Yeah, and then they fell off after they beat UK. That's right. Yeah, you're right. That is a good point. They had yeah. they did terrible in conference and they did amazing in non-conference. Yep, makes no sense. Yep, uh, Colorado's got a pretty good program. I don't know. Well, they have they have been letting that talent and have been one of the few decent teams in the Pac-12. But it's like there's no reason it shouldn't be USC the most competitive conference. But they fell off. Good players, the bad program. They get all these top recruits and then can't Ken win it. The Mobley brothers. I forget how to pronounce his name. Uh, Okongus. UCLA is one of the most storied basketball programs. I mean, I know it's Mc, only McCronin's second year, but why were they so bad for so many years? Outside of the long U of A has year. allegations they got to deal with, but <laughs> some of these schools at the bottom of the conference, like Washington, you got all this talent in your backyard. Get it together. Washington State. You are one of the worst Power Five basketball programs I have ever seen. Rutgers has a better program than you right now. Um, Oregon State, uh, you're so good at baseball and a few other sports. Why are you so terrible at basketball and football? There's so many Pac-12 programs that really needed to get it together. And the conference needs to add a couple teams to make it more competitive, like San Diego State and Boise State. These guys are already sure. landing top transfers and top and top uh, three stars. Sometimes even a few four stars. They're good at basketball playing in the mountain. Football. Playing in the Mountain West. What do you think is going to happen if they play in the Pac-12? San Diego State can go march into LA and steal five-star recruits from USC. Yeah. Who doesn't want to live in Mission Viejo, California? Fair point, fair point. And Boise um, State, they can go rope off the Northwest. Oregon, yeah, they have a lot of good recruits, but they can steal some Wazoo recruits, some UW recruits. Any decent recruits Oregon State thought they were going to land. <laughs> they can even go into the mountains and grab some guys out of Colorado, Utah. So they need to expand because what they got right now is pathetic. And I just don't think getting schools like Texas and Oklahoma, which they were trying to do for the longest time, is either practical nor makes sense geographically. I mean, uh, you, their brand right now is the Pacific Coast and the mountain range. So why are you trying to go all the way out to Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah, I wouldn't join either. Why would you want to travel across the country for games? months that's exhausting the conference that adds random teens with no geographic thought whatsoever is the american big athletic ten. leave that to them oh because <laughs> the big team a couple of the schools are like out the way a little bit Rutgers like, adding uh, Rutgers made absolutely no sense yeah. and they should have left maryland in the acc i mean other sure. than that other than that the big 10 is that might as well be called the Midwest Conference. Yeah. Just everything Midwest. And the yeah. Big 12 is the Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas major schools. Those three states. Nobody else. Pretty much. Especially after Colorado walked and Missouri walked. So, moving on, what are our thoughts on the AP Top 25 play this week in basketball? Ooh, there was a lot of movement in general. 
But lately, some of the games have threw me for a loop. Oklahoma has a good basketball program this year. It's been a couple years since they had, you know, Buddy Hill and uh, I forget Trey Young. Not Trey. Well, Trey Young, of course. But Trey Young, they didn't make the tournament. I'm saying, uh, forget the other guards that uh, Buddy played with. But since they had Buddy Hill and that team that made it to the Final Four, if I'm correct. And they're uh, yeah, I think it was the final four where they got absolutely the four, destroyed yeah. by Villanova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like forty some points. Yeah, it was. Oh my god! But yeah, no, it's it's been a minute since they had that team, so it was good to see them good again. They beat Texas, Texas team that's pretty much beaten everyone that you can think of that is good. Uh, they're easily one of the best teams in the country. They have elite guard play with you know. Uh, Malik Coleman, they have uh, Andrew Jones and Ramy, uh, Ramy, I think it's pronounced your last name, Courtney Ramy. So, yeah. they really just been in their groove. Shaka Smart got them hooping. Uh, also, you had Alabama, who's just been staving off these close games lately, these last two games, after destroying everyone in the SEC for like the first two or three weeks of league play. You also have... And they also uh, looked very shaky at the beginning of the season in non-conference. Yeah. They had a couple head-scratching losses. Tennessee took a big L to Florida not that long ago. Uh, After Florida got blown out by UK, so that was weird. Tennessee is just not as good as people think they are. That's that's what I break it down to. And then you got St. Louis playing for the first time in over a month and coming out flat as hell against Dayton. So, the Atlantic 10 is definitely a conference that will be interesting to see how many bids they get. I'm thinking at least two. You're probably looking at St. Louis and Richmond as locks, and then probably St. Bonaventure is a lock, too. St. Bonaventure is really really good. St. Bonaventure is undefeated in in conference, so that's going to be... I see them them right now at the 8-9 line, probably. So you probably have three, at least three teams, maybe four. You could have um, a team like Dayton sneak in first four or something like that. So Atlantic 10 is looking pretty deep. The American Athletic, which might as well be considered power seven with the Big East in basketball. I mean, American Athletic is better than some of the power five conferences. You take Florida State out of the ACC and whew. That's a dreadful conference right now. Duke and UNC are terrible. Virginia is yeah. good, but Florida State and Virginia are only teams that are looking like they'll even make it to the Sweet 16. That's a good point. This has been a this has been a big dip for a lot of big programs if you think about it in general. UK's team is garbage. I keep, I challenged them multiple times. I'm a burner. It's not a year. Like I didn't realize how big of a deal not having you know, those exhibition games and those preseason camp workouts in the summer were going to make a difference for a team that had, you know, a fair amount of talent. As well as the fact, sometimes you got to realize just because the talent on paper looks like it's there doesn't mean that it's actually there. Like one thing that was brought out in a lot of the analysis that I've been watching lately is that this has to be the first time Kyle has ever had a team where his lead guard, whether it be a point guard or shooting guard, can't beat his man off the dribble. Like, Devin Askew and Davion Mintz don't get five people. This isn't 
De'Aaron Fox, John Wall, Tyler Eulis, blue pass guys. Yeah, I've guarded him before. He's fast as hell. This is not like one of those guys, right? They don't beat people yeah. off the dribble. So that makes it a lot harder to initiate offense. And it makes it a lot harder for other guys to score because they can just keep the, the main guy running. But yeah, no, it's, it's going to be an interesting season in conclusion. Absolutely. Moving on to the MLB. Uh, the Mets fired general manager Jared Porter. The firing occurred a day after ESPN reported that Porter had sent unsolicited texts and images to a female reporter in 2016. I mean, this was easy. Like, this was a no-brainer. He had to go. Simple as that. Like, he just had to go. Like, you can't be doing that type of stuff. One that is not only disgusting, but unprofessional. Uh... That is sexual harassment. Like it's breaking so many laws, moral or legal. Like, I don't think there's even anything to really talk about from the organization standpoint. It's just that, you know, we found out he was doing stuff that he shouldn't have been doing. And he's no longer associated with him. Like you pack your bags up, man, hit the hit the door. Yeah, my gut reaction when I heard this report from Mina Kimes and I forgot who the second person was, was what the f***? Like, how do you, how does this just come out five years later? Uh, he actually was with the Diamondbacks and I know some people that knew him. And not only is this a bad look for the Mets, but it's a really bad look for the Diamondbacks because who knows if they knew, if they were aware of this information and chose to ignore it or not. This is complete bullshit that he's gotten away with this for five years. He should have been out of a job back in 2016 when it happened. Feel really bad for this female reporter that had to see his giblets, may you call it. And uh, this is one of several reasons why females are very afraid of going into sports. If this is what they're going to have to deal with on a daily basis, whether it's being harassed by athletes, co-workers, or front office people with the teams on the beats that they're, that they're covering, I'll tell you what, if I'm a female, especially a black female, like this makes me want to choose a different career path. But moving on to the NFL former Seahawks offensive lineman Chad Wheeler beats and strangles his girlfriend unconscious and tells her I'm surprised you're still alive when she woke up this type of behavior is disgusting it's very disheartening to constantly hear you know guys in this position in general especially guys like I don't know what it is about Obviously, this can happen in any situation, but what is it about NFL players? You know, not all of them, obviously, but it keeps happening in this situation. Like, I don't know what they can do on their end to try to, like, not necessarily prevent this because they have no control over this, but, like, educate their players about this because I don't know why these domestic violence situations keeps happening. And each one after another is more gruesome. Uh, you go back years with, you know, Greg Hardy and his situation, you know, where the girl was calling 911 while he was, you know, 
uh, beating her and all this other stuff. And I just think it's sad that he tried to then go on Twitter and justify this and, you know, make this, you know, very crappy apology, this half-hearted apology. So I'm just like, man, like, this is really disgusting. Like, we, we got to figure out a way to keep these type of individuals, you know, not only out of sports, but, you know, he shouldn't be working anywhere, just in general. Like, that's that's not okay. Yeah. Not only is this domestic violence, but this is attempted murder. Like, the fact that he was released on bail and only has an ankle monitor right now is disgusting. And the King County Attorney's Office should be ashamed of themselves. I can't even put into words how sick of a person you have to be to do something like this. And it's amazing how the media has just chosen to completely ignore it. If it weren't for Twitter and people going on rants about this, I wouldn't have even known about it. It was on ESPN's front page for maybe four hours. They didn't talk about it on SportsCenter. I mean, the Seahawks didn't really say anything about it because he's he's not even on their roster anymore anyways. And they probably weren't going to re-sign him regardless because he was a practice squad player. So I understand why they didn't say anything, but it's 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 really disheartening. And to see somebody like that still have access to his Twitter account, still be able to be out of jail, I can only imagine what this woman's family is going through. And may I add that this uh, beating and strangling all happened because his girlfriend would not give him. I just, I just have no words. Like the fact that the people think this type of behavior is okay in any shape or form is just, it's just really, 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 really sad. It's really, really sad. I have a feeling that this dude probably has CTE. Probably has brain damage from taking so many hits in football. This is especially common in linemen. And that pr- that probably caused him to go off the rails like this. But whether he has CTE or not, he needs to be in prison. He needs to be convicted with both attempted murder and domestic violence. And if he gets out of prison at all, he should be very old. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if anyone can prevent this. Like, this is certain, certain things are like just out of your control, but there has to be some type of way where they can, you know, educate people, like some type of program where this is a, this is part of like a culture, a reoccurring thing where this is not something that is okay. Because obviously this could be anybody, but the more times, just like with any type of violence and any type of act that isn't good, the more times you hear that these people in this specific position are doing this and they think this is okay, the more that it becomes normalized. Like it shouldn't be a a normal thing. Like 
it's sad that we can say this isn't the first player that we've heard that's done something like this. Like that shouldn't be a thing. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's some type of program they go put together to try to educate people like soon as they come in the league or what, but I don't know. It's just this can't 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 keep happening. It's 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 truly unbelievable. But as long as as long as I can go on talking about what's wrong with this, what the NFL needs to do, the show must go on. And we'll move on by discussing Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson requesting a trade. It's time, man. It's time. It's funny. I saw a meme today on Pick Six Pod, and it was like uh, Deshaun Watson's career record as a quarterback is 28 and 25, and Mitchell Trubisky's is 29 and 21. You know what I'm saying? What? As a side of point, Deshaun Watson is an incredible talent. If not a top five quarterback, at the very worst, he's like a top six or seven quarterback. Uh, He's he's just a baller, like straight up baller. And the organization is poorly run. They have a weak, weak, weak secondary. They don't invest enough in their secondary. Secondary has been weak for a long time. Uh, They only have one corner that is actually, you know, decent. And that's Lonnie Johnson Jr. who uh, is out of Kentucky, you know, shout out to Kentucky. Uh, But outside of that, like, no one else in the secondary is really, you know, competent. Uh, their receivers suck outside of uh, Will Fuller Jr., who's always hurt. Brandon Cooks, I'm not going to lie, he had a pretty good year this year. But that still isn't enough to consider that they gave away one of the three best receivers in the league for a bag of potato chips and uh, a Kool-Aid jammer. So... Yeah, and the coach sucks too. It's just a circus. It's a circus. He got it. Yeah. In that analogy, I would say the second round pick was the bag of chips, and David Johnson was a Kool Aid jammer. Yeah, pretty much. I would say that. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. But um, incompetency has been the history of the Texans franchise, and it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. My prediction is the Dolphins give them two and a third round pick for Deshaun. That, that sounds that sounds about something that the Texans would accept. I mean, yeah, they're bad management, so I could see them doing that. But dang, yeah. I feel bad for Tua if he got to get traded. But if you could get Deshaun, you got to do it. So I don't blame you. Yeah, uh, if, that, if, that, if, if that if that were to happen, Deshaun to the Dolphins. On top of that, Ooh. they still keep the number three pick in the draft. Pick up Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. You're Devontae looking at Parker. two. And you got Lynn Bowden Jr. You're looking at two 13-win teams in the AFC East. Oh, my God. Devontae Smith, Devontae Parker, and Lynn Bowden Jr. That's a pretty good receiving pool. And they still might not be good enough to win the division and beat the Bills. (laughs) Sadly, sadly. Could you imagine them as a 13-3 wild card with Deshaun? I'd hate to be the fourth seed. Crazy. That would be that crazy. Moving on, the Jacksonville Jaguars hire Urban Meyer as their head coach. To open this, I would like to say, in the words of the baby, let's go. Like, this is the type of big splash that they needed. The franchise sucks. 
like sucks. How you go from three, well, I think it's technically three years ago, maybe four years ago. I lose track of time. Three. How three, four years ago, yeah, three years ago, you have Atena went to the AC Championship. What was and we're a pick six call back away from away from Super Bowl title run. By far and the best defense in the league. By far best defense in the league. Best running game. Uh with you know Blake Bortles, uh a game stop yeah, a game stop manager at quarterback. Uh a game stop manager with a you know with the keys to the to the oval office or like keys to the big office at GameStop, you know, had him at quarterback. Like now you have nobody on that defense. Leonard Fournette, your best player on that team, isn't even there anymore. No, uh, you have more than nobody. You have Miles Jack. Everybody else is gone. Oh, that's right. My bad. My bad. I forget. They lost so many guys. I didn't realize that he was still on the team. But yeah, you just they had didn't him. lose him. They traded him. They traded right, Yannick. You're, you're, they let Calais walk. They traded Ramsey. Yeah. They traded Bouye. Yeah. They traded Church. Well, essentially what we're saying, folks, is that this is their <laughs> first time in three years this show that they have any, you know, urge to win it all. Urban Meyer has won wherever he's went. And, you know, maybe he could, he could make them a winner. And if he can make them a winner, then you might as well give him his, his spot in Cannon right now. That'd be even bigger than John Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, not John, Jim. Jim Harbaugh, always get their names confused. Jim Harbaugh, you know, turning around the 49ers franchise. And if they can't put together a competent team, give him GM duties. I promise he's not Bill O'Brien. I swear. But moving on, Colts quarterback Phillip Rivers announces his retirement. Man, it's about time, man. Like, I don't know if this is out of bounds, but but look, maybe it's just time to go spend time with your kids, man. You every year, like you just keep coming out, keep coming out. You be beat up, all this, that, and the third, and like you got all your kids close to age. This is the perfect time to go home. You got nothing else left to prove. You're like top five, the to top ten, and all the statistic categories as a quarterback. Uh, regardless of your shortcomings in the postseason, you still have a decent shot at getting the Hall of Fame. Like, you weren't a level to a quarterback where, you know, people compare you to Eli Manning. Like, the only difference is Eli actually has the rings. But, like, you were ridiculously consistent. Like, you and let's made be real. all the right plays. Eli Manning was so bad in the regular season that Philip deserves it way more than him. Yeah, like Philip, Philip has been pretty good. And then look at this year, like what he did with that team after they were god awful last year, like that's that's pretty respectable. They were one play Mm -hmm. away from, let's say, being in the AFC Championship because they only lost the three to the Bills. After the Ravens got dominated, uh, you know, defensively. So, hey, mm-hmm. I think it's time. Go home with your kids. You got a lot of them. No shade, but it's the truth. You got a lot of kids. He's more likely to complete a pass than he is to. You're By wild. A long shot. You're <laughs> wild. I was not about to say that. I don't. I don't want to be that wild. But fella, just enjoy being with your kids. Like, chill. 
your wife probably ecstatic. She probably like, yes, now I could go get, you know, my nails done, head done, everything did, just relax a little bit. Like, I know you miss them too, so, hey, no need to play football anymore. There's nothing else that you have left to prove. You almost 40. Just enjoy being a dad. Just enjoy being a dad. Mm-hmm. And you know, with some of the things I said, I might need to put a parental advisory on this episode. But moving on, Steelers signed quarterback Dwayne Haskins. I mean, unless they think Dwayne Haskins won't be the answer for Big Ben's retirement, I don't know. Mind you, I liked Dwayne when he was at Ohio State. Beast, baller. From the DMV area, you know, he went to, you know, the Bullet School, which is, you know, a school that my, my friend Embrick graduated from. But Dwayne, he hasn't really been producing. He's been awful. Part of that is because the Washington, you know, the DC franchise is a dreadfully run organization. So I can't really- Poverty franchise. Yeah, poverty franchise. The only reason why they even made the playoffs this year is because Chase Young and the defensive line literally put the whole team on their back. But- Oh, don't discredit Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick. Oh yeah, actually the run game was good too. The run game was good and Terry's Terry, so. We don't even need and, you know, their second and third best receivers were a tight end and a running back, but no big deal. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Alex Smith, he, he deserves some love, too, obviously, but, yeah, they just... I'm also confused oh. with that offense. How, if how Antonio Gibson is a converted receiver to running back, why is J.D. McKissick the better pass catcher? Maybe he was never meant to be a receiver. Maybe God was like, we're making you a running back because that's how, you, how you're going to eat for the rest of your life. Because if you're a wide receiver, you're not going to be that good. I'm going to just be honest with you. Maybe, maybe that was God staring them in the right direction. But they need, enough to, of they need to get Greg Ward or somebody. I just realized that we talk for. more about, you know, the Washington franchise and the Steelers. But hopefully this Steelers organization can make Dwayne the feasible and competent NFL quarterback. Which they won't. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think he is. Like, I don't think he's their answer to be a starting quarterback. But only although I do think he's better than Mason Rudolph. So, oh, for sure, that. Mason Rudolph is—he's not even Here. a Kool Aid jammer. But um, Super Bowl in a week and a half. What are our thoughts going in? That is going to be fire. I wish they had a crowd. You know, COVID is just. The gift that we never asked for. Um, it's in Florida. There's going to be somewhat of a crowd. That's true. That's true. They don't really care like that. But uh, it's, it's going to be fire. I, I know Tom Brady going to put on the show. You know, old, old man Riverwalk style. You got Pat Mahomes, you know, the baby goat. You got the goat versus the kid. It stands for baby goat. If you haven't, don't know your goat terms. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a fire, fire showing in. It's going to, I think it's really going to end up being like the Eagles of Patriots years ago. Whatever defense can, that can get the most stops, not even the most stops, whatever defense that can get that one stop, going to win the game. Simple as that. I think both of them are going to ball out. I don't think it's going to be a very heavy turnover uh, game either. Yeah, I think it's just it's going to be one of them games. But I do got the, the Bucks. 
I don't know what it is or what people been telling uh, Tom Brady, but he balls out against other ballers. And then he loses the guys like Nick Foles and Eli Manning. Not saying that they're bad quarterbacks, but you know, they, they, they're, they're them. I don't know who to pick in this one. The Chiefs look like the better team all season, but the Buccaneers beat two teams that look like better teams than them all season. And it's Tom Brady we're talking about. Now, he, they did not win the last game because of Tom Brady, but you can't expect him to throw three second-half picks again. So, and it's always hard to repeat a Super Bowl champs. And the last time Brady faced the defending Super Bowl champs in the Super Bowl, you want to take a wild guess at who that was? That was the Seahawks, and the Seahawks lost. So, hopefully... Uh, Hopefully they don't throw it at the one yard line, but we will see. Uh, I think Andy Reid is a little smarter than that, but you never know. Yeah, it also wasn't Pete Carroll's fault, so I'm gonna need you to leave Pete alone. He did not make that call. It was the OC who has since been fired, and we're actually on our third OC since then. But um, moving on, who's on your burner? This burner is about to be very woeful. I'm gonna just keep it a buck. But I'm gonna do it again because maybe this might be the one gift that I get all basketball season. Cause I'm just waiting for a 21, 2021, 22 season. Cause you know, UK ain't doing nothing popping. But if my memory serves me correct, played Texas this weekend. Big 12 SEC challenge. Like my memory, I'm pretty sure we played them this weekend. We played them this weekend. I don't care if you gotta pay the rest I don't care if you gotta, uh, you know, put something in the, uh, in like the trail mix or whatever they get pre-game. Y'all gotta win, man. I'm not serious about all the, the tomfoolery and the collusion, but you gotta win. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Find a way to win. I don't care if Devin asks you, you gotta play like he Tyler Eulis. I don't care if BJ Boston gotta somehow think that he Malik Monk. Y'all got to win. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to make an unconventional statement here. The Colorado State Rams, I challenge you to win the Mountain West and make the tournament. You just came up with a big W yesterday against the 13-1 Boise State Broncos, who were undefeated in the conference, and their sole losses to guess who? Oh, number six Houston on the road. So, Colorado State, you have that tiebreaker against Boise State. You got them at home again on Saturday. You win that game, and you are in first place in the Mountain West. You can beat anyone in the conference and almost anyone in the country. Make the tournament. If it's not the first time in school history, it's the first time in a long time. Because I couldn't tell you when I seen Colorado State on my bracket. Same. And I challenged the Mountain West in general. The Mountain West right now looks like they could be a four-bid conference between Boise State, San Diego State, Colorado State, and Utah State. Two of those teams, that should be in the Pac-12 right now. But, you know, we're going to leave that alone. That is all we have for this week's episode of the Let's Talk About Sports podcast. Keep monitoring our Instagram at Let's Talk About Sports blog and Twitter at LTAS Podcast 20. 
accounts for new content. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and drop a rating on your favorite platform to listen on.